The tabs on her laptop she closes are her Bank of America statement page, the securities trading window, the contracts she was signing in Google Docs regarding collateralized assets, the foxnews.com opinion page, and thesaurus.com, the real-time currency converter page, her Facebook page, and the NASDAQ live tracker and Dow Jones Industrial Average Analysis and Insight page. The invisible abstract sphere shrinking at the closing call before ballooning again the next day at the opening. Before shrinking again that night. Before ballooning. Before shrinking. Before ballooning the next day. And the next day. And the next day. Breathing with the circadian rhythm of diurnal ardor. Never ending. Breathing real world fortunes. Brought to you by Real World Fortunes, the functionally existent capital of life. Life brought to you by the day. The day, the thing that will end no matter what kind of it you are having. The day from the makers of Civil, Nautical, and Astronomical Twilight. Breathing collective intentionality into different spheres of representation. Breathing. Chaotically. Overlapping brains and clashing tongues rendered into observer-dependent realities. Abstract properties all around. From out of which worth flows through channels of complex social structures fortified by even more complex financial structures. Flowing like great oceanic tides. And even as her tabs and then her computer screen are closed for the last time, somewhere else one is opened for the last time. Harmony. Symbiosis. For the last time. She. One in a billion. But also one in billions. One in billions of observers, functionally creating the intricate and extremely delicate conglomeration of institutions and ownership and presidents and marriages and a $20 bill and the status of a red light or a stop sign and a sequence of marks making up sentences that are spoken, making up speech in some language, in some country, in some world and all the other things that exist only relative to conscious agents rollerblades, etc. And she rubs her eyes, grabs a blanket off the couch in her bed last night, folds it and puts it in the cupboard and heads into the bathroom where she lights a scented candle and runs a bath. The scented candle smoke rises in a perfect, unwavering column, she notes. And after the struck match, smoke and smell dissipates. She inhales deeply, inflating her lungs to capacity and reveling in the citrus cucumber cantaloupe cottage breeze scent that gathers in the small bathroom. In one sense, she loved this scent, literally one of her favorites. But in another, and after the argument last night and the snide interaction this morning, and knowing her girlfriend hates scented candles altogether, but citrus cucumber cantaloupe cottage breeze scent specifically, and that she was due home soon. 
She really just wanted to twist the emotional knife in a little deeper. Brought to you by Relationships, the mental residue of evolution's insistence upon procreation. Can't live with them, can't live without them. Well, actually, you can, and you do sometimes. So why do they exist at all? Simply to crash your view of reality into another human's reality, who themselves is just as insistently crashing their views of reality back into yours. But also, maybe the collision makes the connection, and the connection is the thing, and the relationship is the residue. Relationships. Get into one if you want one. But the satisfaction of twisting that emotional knife never came. For as she lay in the tub in perfect relaxation, inhaling the citrus cucumber cantaloupe cottage breeze scent that fills the room, her partner does arrive home. Jumping out of her car unpremeditatedly and not only leaving it running, but also in drive. And as she exits, it lurches forward into the wall, unnoticed and unconcerned as she runs chaotically into the house and down the hall, slipping a bit around the corners and crashing heavily into walls and yelling and screaming something unrecognizable through a closed bathroom door. And as the warmed towel is pulled from her eyes and the door is burst through, the citrus cucumber cantaloupe cottage breeze candle along with some oils and lotions and hair products are knocked over in a clatter and through wild howling and tears and near vomiting lurches and heaves she manages to get it out is how she the one in the tub found out the world was to end in 37 hours A woman stands in a field of swaying feather pink pompous grass and who is attempting to pull apart frayed and rewoven memories of earlier visits to this field to examine individual threads of father and mother and picnic and games upon blankets and news of a baby sister and Easter egg hunting with that toddling baby sister and losing her virginity to a guy she only kind of liked. And he was really sweet, if not a bit dopey. And she was the one who encouraged, if not insisted upon the sex, uncomfortably upon a fitted sheet he accidentally brought for the picnic, and the ensuing baby and the abortion he drove her to, which she never told her parents about, and never really even felt sad about, which kind of makes her feel sad now at the end of the world. Not the having done it, it was the right choice she feels, but the never having felt sad about it. And she is snapped out of this long and convoluted cerebral divagation down memory lane, the settled field unsettling by a man intruding, particular bucolic field of gently swaying feather pink pompous grass, now bellicose field, now harshly lurching, first only in her periphery in a barely noticed subtle distance sweep, now actual motion, now tussocks folding fast. Now a man's form and underbreath mumbles, and now a swift turn to face, and he has his head down, and one hand up upon his forehead, actually temple, she notices, squeezing and rubbing and almost not looking, well, no, actually not looking anywhere but down, 
and actually approaching fast, and the first of his folding tussocks furrows down across her. Tender given turned bitter taken. She shouts, What the fuck? Fields enfolding, worlds crashing, worlds ending. And he is stopped in his tracks, like walking into a closed glass door, only understanding moments later, and only two feet away, dumbfounded. Hand drops, eyes lift and lock, now staring directly into one another's eyes. Where had she even come from, he wonders. She had thought consciously minutes ago that she would never again come to look into another's eyes, deeply or not. And here a man and a woman stood with only minutes till the end of the world, staring into each other's eyes. And tears stopped running down her face and started down his imperfect, somber symmetry. Brought to you by that little part of your lower back that shows when you bend over or even sometimes sit down and your shirt no longer overlaps your pants or skirt you're wearing and you think nothing of it. But actually, everyone behind you is looking right at that almond-shaped sliver of skin and thinking about your body. Not necessarily in sexual ways, but like in quiet little oblique ways. That part of your lower back. It's your body. Bodies. Brought to you by Natural Selection. It's not ending when the world ends. It's just ending here on Earth. And the other person on the other side of the world, on the other side of the computer with coffee in hand, and opening that computer and getting ready for some light day trading, having come into it in retirement and mostly to keep busy, and but having had a windfall last year where every stock crested and she sold just enough to cruise around the world for six months. And now as she sat holding her keep calm and invest mug in both hands, and shoulders hunched up a bit, blowing out across the coffee. She logged onto her Yahoo Finance page to track her stocks overnight, which all were way down. And so perplexed, she opened the filings with Securities and Exchange Commission page, only to get an alert that the markets were not only just down, as in dropped off a cliff type down, but were actually non-existent. As in, actually not a thing at all anymore. She clicked through her portfolio, only to see that everyone on her stocks was literally gone. She set her coffee down and narrowed her eyes and turned on the radio. They didn't know what to do. Not even a little. Walked in circles, quiet little ones and larger squiggly ones, and ones that went into other rooms and even lapped the entire apartment for a while. Didn't sleep at all. Played guitar, a few songs they knew. Gathered 28 bouquets of flowers from neighboring houses and set them around on every surface. Cleaned out every drawer for some reason. They heard that some folks were freaking out, and others were cucumber cool. In fact, they saw things no other human should ever see. Self-immolation. Defenestration. 
annihilation, acts of horror, and acts of embarrassment. They heard of shopping sprees and drug overdoses and people burning money right in the streets and even people burying money, which seemed pathetic, apart from the digging detail. Somehow that made sense to them. But they also heard of acts of great kindness. They heard that over the last few days, homeless people all around the world were brought into homes, every last one of them, and fed great meals. They heard of religions around the world embracing this end of the world as their own. And they knew that for themselves, something had to be done even if just for themselves, and even if just for a few minutes. They seriously contemplated suicide, but decided against it for moral reasons, guessing that whatever else might come after this, that a morally shaken decision at the end was not the move, but something. There's a view that would say the scenario called for something grand and interactive in some way. You're running naked through the streets and screaming. Your hostilization writ at large and fast as possible. Your philanthropy, your religiosity, your scientifically accurate attempt to explain to any and everyone your larceny, your arson setting a house and or neighborhood on fire. Your large-scale murders, your block parties, your immense rooftop parties with no expense spared. Or simply, and dignifyingly, walking out onto the chaos-filled street and hugging a stranger or two. All of which were happening somewhere on Earth. Everyone trying to pass something on that seemed eternal. Because for the first time we collectively realized we weren't. And a hug seems eternal concept, like the Pythagorean theorem, because when humans exist no longer, so neither will arms, and hugs shall be armless hereafter. But there was another school of thought that would say the move should be small and intimate, personal. Your smelling of an unpicked rose, your snuggling of a pet. You're walking out into the ocean. You're kneeling and praying tenderly. You're holding hands with family and singing praises. Your glass of wine and a bath. All of which were happening somewhere on earth as well. Something you can keep in mind right to the end. A simple, beautiful pleasure. And they were modest though they definitely thought that running naked through the streets sounded intriguing, but thought they instead might enjoy something rather minor in tone, something more personal. And with a countdown clock on their phone cascading, they breathed deeply and walked into the bathroom, lit a candle, a Stormwatch Vanilla Sugar Maple Soy Wax Blend, one they've been saving for nothing in particular, and fully undressed, then sat on the toilet and took a shit.
not so much because they had to, but because getting everything out seemed like the right move to go. Brought to you by Dematerializing. Using less or no material to deliver the same or higher level of functionality and or teleportation. And or moving securities, trading paper security certificates into electronic spreadsheets. What even do you own when you own a stock? Hey, dematerialize today. Dematerialization not recommended for human bodies, only functional concepts that will end when the world does. Or even if and when we as humans do, such as money markets and art practices and economic theories. Those abstract notions that create themselves by defining themselves as worthwhile production with inherent value in and of themselves, to us and for us, and because of us, and only because we think they do. Dematerialization. Do it today. Because there is no tomorrow. And the woman and the man in the field each overlapped with a human for one last time, both thinking heretofore that they were ending things alone in a quiet, breathless, and personal way, and faced with one another, forced to connect in with one another in some way, anyway, already connecting somehow. The woman had been trying to relive and the man trying to rewrite memories, both rehearsing them, but that for which in moments shall be no more, not human ones, nor animal ones, nor any earthly ones, though memories everywhere else will still exist, in every greater damaged planet and every caught in orbiting moon and every black hole tugging at stars. But here and now, and looking into one another's startled faces, their memories were unrecallable, already gone. And the grass shushed and nodded, everything in line. Somewhere a beetle dug and a rabbit burrowed, and a salamander slinked, somewhere people looted, or loved, or isolated, did what they thought best, and overhead a murder of crows sprayed, and clouds collected, it looks like rain that will never come, and a magpie gathered sticks and strings and shiny things for a nest that would never see its young. He stammered an incomprehensible string of sounds that was more air exhaling than words, and she softened from her surprise, sinking into the new situation, sinking into something like understanding, something nearer to love, though not love, and the woman forgot to be sad for a moment. And the man forgot to be angry, and they simply were. In a thin tone and under a troubled brow, she said, this was her field, but if he needed it, he could use it. And why was he here anyway? She wanted to know. And he replied that he had no real idea. He just started walking and was trying to be alone she nodded and agreed. She was trying to as well, 
but that it was all right now he was there, she admitted, that she wasn't alone, that they weren't alone. He sat first, but when she did as well, the woman noticed her head sank below the slowly bobbing tussocks, tracing arcs whose mathematical functions will not end when the world does. This single case would no longer exist, no, but the concept will be true eternally and throughout time and space, even as each star and planet blinks out and their view of the expanding field was cut off. Their world shrank to just the surrounding pink pompous grass and the microcosms herein and the beetle that noticed nothing of them and the ant that now crawled across his leg which he now realizes finally was itching from the fast stride he rode through the pink pompous grass. The wind from down here is less like the wind and more like an invisible force generating movement all about a relaxed dance. And she still feels it differently now. The feather pink pompous grass as it dances she feels something approaching velvety harmony. And a spider-type thing ambles stochastically in then out of their claimed area. And she realizes, for the first time, looking at the man, and not the field where she found comfort in moments before the intrusion, but now, now she is reminded that she finds comfort in the idea that Everyone on Earth collectively and simultaneously would be dying together. That somehow everyone was in unison. In union, everyone connected. A solid, undeniable fact. An actual truth. Brought to you by Hope. The one thing we had that is slowly draining away, drip by drip by drip, and yet the one thing you need to hold on to, hope. What the fuck else do you have? And by truth. Truth will always be truth, regardless of understanding or belief or ignorance. It's like mathematics. True today and tomorrow and forever. And everyone will always have to agree on truth. I... I'm sorry, I am being told this patron just pulled their sponsorship. Or rather, had it pulled from them. As the FCC has determined this ad and claims to be false advertising. It seems truth is as flexible as the feather pink pompous grass nodding as you walk through it. And as you sit in it. And it feels, however it feels, against your skin at that particular moment. Right then and only then and different at another time and to another person. Truth has been pulled. And by the immutability of mathematics through time and space and regardless of Earth's existence. Mathematics. It has to be true. Mathematics. No particular circle or rectilinear triangle can we ever make will ever be the platonic idea of a circle or a rectilinear triangle, but will only ever be a representative symbol of the idea of mathematics. Hey, mathematics, it's the only truth, even as the world comes to 